Yeah, no pressure, man. Just, no pressure uh, at all? None. Uh, none. Welcome to another episode of the Dissect Podcast. I'm Keegan Dillon. I'm here with Michael Blevins, Mark Twight, and a good friend of mine, George. I don't really know how to pronounce your last name because I feel like I got to roll my R's and I can't do most that. Most people don't. It's usually <laughs> frijoles, way, or whatever, but it's briones. Briones? There you go. Um, George Frio. is the... What would you call yourself I, for Softly? I, I don't know. You're the it's, programming it's, guy? It's hard to say. There's, <laughs> I hate saying titles. I help with program development and creation. Um, the title they like to say is human performance, but it's more of the creation and development and management of the programmings that we do for Softly. I did want to give you a hard time yesterday, but we were on your podcast. Me and Michael did uh, George's Softly Performance Podcast yesterday, and you used about nine banned words in this building. I'm sorry. Um, I think but you, said, you didn't like lay, lay them out beforehand, did you? Uh, so I actually I did. No shit. I, yeah, he's known for quite a while some of the banned words, but I figured oh. his, his podcast, I kind of just... They're like, not banned on his. They're right, just banned. Yeah. They're just banned in this room in this where particular the podcast room. was done. So now you're looking at... I'm going to go radio silence. <laughs> you're, you're, oh, I was going to say, you're looking at two hours of us just bashing you for using protocol or evolution. <laughs> you, you remember. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or optimized. Well, I think you tried to protocol optimal. an evolution or an evolutionary protocol or something like so that. So people are listening. They don't know we have this, but we actually have uh, a recording light to let everybody know how cool we are that's in the building. So, so cool. Right. So when that red light comes on, that's the same thing that happens in my brain when somebody says protocol. <laughs> <laughs> red light comes on and I go, uh, it like jars me. So evolution isn't as bad. Um, well, because partially because there are many substitutes for protocol, but for evolution, mm. you know, the only the only thing that really is a synonymous with evolution is creation. And uh, <laughs> I would I, say it's <laughs> actually <laughs> the opposite. Uh, but oh, sorry, I antonym. <laughs> antonym yeah, <laughs> I, I get those confused sometimes. <laughs> and just you know, every now and then, I, I realized the other day also. I, I sometimes I don't know where the pound sign goes when you're. Someone right now these. is reading John three sixteen and just seething. That we <laughs> I urge you to do some push-ups. Was it Stone Cold? I was about to go there. It's like Stone Cold Steve Austin right now. It could be. Could be. Um, it, and so he is reading that and doing push-ups, <laughs> drinking and drinking a beer at the same time. Push-up chug. But that'd be that's that's one protocol. That's a that's the Baptist protocol. <laughs> that's like baptize yourself in. PBR protocol, nice. Uh, which I did recently at the event. Was it PBR? Yeah, it was PBR. Oh, yes, oh, after it the was at the uh, Galande Quaffing. Yeah, event. the Quaffing. What is that called? Is that what that's called? It's quaffing. Yeah, yeah. Galande Quaffing, and I, I, I mean quaff, quaff, quaff. It's quaff. It's not coiffure. Yeah. It's not like a fucking hair thing. <laughs> it's quaff. You fucking chug it. Um, they didn't like my team name, Chris. I'm, that's what I'm mad about. I'm not mad about making like not making it to the finals. I'm not mad about. Wait, getting... how did you? So, yeah, you got to the semis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, yeah. So we you did went pretty, pretty far. Well. Like yeah, you, you got well. you got three runs at it, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. We we for sure we went farther than we should have for sure. We we're outside. So, 
I haven't drinking anything for close to a year. And that was the first drink back was a coffee. I feel like it's like riding a bike though. Like if you used to rage 24 seven back in the day for four or five days straight, it is. you take a week, you take a year off. You just pretty much, it's a long recovery period. So you're able to come and hit it harder it, again. It goes down just exactly. as smooth I, as it always has. And, and, and owing to the, what Dan John used to call the reminiscence effect, like all the bad memories are gone. Only yes, the good ones remain. Good ones so when there, you yeah. restart, yeah. Man, you're in a really good spot. Is that how that works? <laughs> yeah. The smell of tequila doesn't make me like uh, gag. Not no more. Not yeah. no more. I remember yeah. it used to. Yeah. Wait, so what, what was your team name? <laughs> well, I forgot what it ended up being because I shut down immediately when they, they didn't accept my name of the Quantum of Quaff. <laughs> <laughs> Why wasn't that and accepted? You, I don't know. They just wanted something. I forgot what we were, but it wasn't as clever. Did you end up being like Michael and Chris? No, we had four team members. It was oh. so, uh, what was it? I don't remember. I, I can't remember, but I, but I just wanted to. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask about afterwards was like, what was the ratio of beer in that that actually went inside versus the amount of beer that was all over the outside? So, um, <laughs> so like two to one outside. Yeah. So how I'm trying. So on average, I got about four or five per round. That's fifteen. I think in total I drank one whole beer, so fifteen to one. Okay, <laughs> and he was hammered. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. A, you, a, you were hammered. B, you had fourteen <laughs> beers on your fucking t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, so it turned into a wet t-shirt contest, which then, you didn't win because we know about your benching technique, and what you can <laughs> yeah, bench. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah, no pecs, no sex. Yeah, no paychecks. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Too clever. I stole that from Mark Bell, but whatever. Delete yeah. that part when you edit this. Oh, hell no. Where I no, say no, Mark Bell. Saying, yeah, oh, why? <laughs> oh. So then it can seem like it's original for me. Oh, but who did you steal it from again? Mark Bell. Okay, delete so that's, that th too. that's three times. It's going to be tough to delete all that and like, splice it together. I mean, it could be done, but... It's like me saying the unwanted words more than three times. <laughs> Mark's gonna be like, we're not posting this. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, that's th happened th before. <laughs> there have been some podcasts that did um, knock it posts <laughs> that you know started as zeros and ones and then just became zeros. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> there is a very binary feature to our podcast. They there's no line where we're like, oh, if we work on it, it'll be good enough. It's either like, don't release that. Like there's something that happens in the episode. Where we're like, yeah, that probably shouldn't be public or it's just sound quality or something. I think to date we probably, we're, what's our release rate for what we've recorded? I think we're still probably like one released for two recorded. I was about something. to say like, that's usually what happens I, with my end too. Yeah. I, not really, no, I don't think so. It was definitely we one released for ten recorded early. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think like and if we and if we include that period, let's just say after the sound amelioration, mm. you know, upgrades, etc. I th don't think there's been more than two or three that didn't okay. make it. Oh yeah, of, I mean, because some of like them fifteen up front that were just like unlistenable. Yeah, mostly because of us, but also because of. The metal table, yeah, yeah microphone quality, yeah. the fact that they were, um, you know, all mixed down onto one channel so you couldn't separate yeah. individual tracks and stuff. Um, we learned. I had to learn that the yeah. hard way when yeah. I first started the Die Living podcast back like last year. Yeah. Like our media guy was like, bro, this is shit. I can't post this. And I was like, what do you mean, bro? It's like, it's good information. The content's great. He's like, yeah, but unfortunately your sound quality is complete garbage. Yeah, yeah so please, um, next time you record, uh, don't, 
do it in a fish aquarium pretty much or <laughs> something turn your game you know, down yeah. yeah that was yeah. that was a big problem for for us when we first started was well, we're moving into our new facility starting coming up in october now out in durham and we're finally gonna get a podcast room and all that good stuff but one it had to go from not using a yeti mic yeah and two it had to go to now the h2 zoom with proper microphones and still even on that back end like when i record with everyone on the east coast it's through a zoom call Oh yeah, right. and they have to record on their disc and their table, and I have to record on my table. It's 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 a legit. It comes down to an art of like really trying to figure out like getting everything together, splicing it, and finding that right sound quality for everyone to. Or mix. just say we only do them live. Yeah, you I, know we'll either come to you or you come to us, but there will never be a fucking Skype call. There will never because <laughs> like every single one of those, even if they go, ah, we'll send you the microphone. I'm like, it still sounds like shit. Yeah, yeah. the guy sounds like he's in his fucking garage. And he probably he, is. He, he, he may well be. Yeah. This this happened on, and I unfortunately have to like bash this podcast. But uh, Jordan Peterson's podcast had Steven Pinker on, who Steven Pinker is hardly ever anywhere, and he's probably one of the, like the best brains in the world right now. It's like, oh, I have to listen to that. Like, <laughs> unlistenable. Yeah. Information obviously good. You get two psychologists together that are the top of their field talking about what they're talking everything about. Out. Yeah, every and it's like. Oh God, like if the phone rings in the background one more time or the dog barks, it's just like, okay, that feels really organic, but I don't have four kids. Therefore, I don't want to listen to the stress of having four kids in the background <laughs> screaming. Well, I'm certainly not going to have four now yeah, that but, I've heard this. Yeah. <laughs> well, there goes that idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there is, there's a nice blend here where you're like, okay, for the first time in history, the um, spoken word can go as far as the written word. And that is phenomenal. Like that will change everything. But the technology. Um, I don't hear a weird echo when I read. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not overcoming the actual like ability to, you know, talk with somebody and like respond to their body language or respond to their facial features. Yeah. Or any of that like micro expression stuff. Even if people can't hear that, the conversation is really built on yeah. a real conversation. And a phone call conversation is not the same thing. So I think it's one of those things that technology can take us so far, but then there's also this, well, you kind of have to do the analog version and meet with somebody. Yeah. Um, that, that was something that thankfully we learned early on. Uh, well, we knew kind of coming into it that it's not worth having a conversation unless it's in person. And well, at the same time though, you look at it and for instance, me and Mark get into a deep conversation that body language and that emotion and that passion, passion that comes out is going to be between us. And then all of a sudden it goes through the speakers to the listener. Yes. Without a doubt. Yeah. yeah. I totally, I, I agree with that 100%. I'd rather I just kick, you know, okay, we're going to put off a conversation that eventually will happen or maybe it won't, yeah. but it would be a shame to do it in a way that's like that you're embarrassed about later or that where that emotion isn't present. Like mm -hmm. if it's an important enough conversation, well, we'll, we'll have it eventually. Or we'll, if it's, if it's really important to just, let's go ahead and erase this and let's redo it again. Yeah. And maybe the second time will be even better hmm. because we understand each other's yeah. point of views, perspectives, and we're able to come at, at it with a, another approach. So, it, so actually, Michael, what I hear George saying right now is that we need to re, uh, you know, get the team back, get the band back together, 
and re-record the uh, Eat a Dick episode <laughs> so, that <it> can, <laughs> so that it can go out publicly. I, uh, I mean, are we ready for that yet? I'm, I, I, I'm in. I, had I'm nothing, totally I have in. no idea what it is, but I'm down. <laughs> I had nothing against that episode. I thought it was great. <laughs> I, it just so happened to end in a 30-minute tirade talking about what web domain of Eat a Dick we would buy. Yeah. Th- there was nothing wrong with it, though. Now, was that the first podcast I did with you guys or the second one? I think the second one, right? Because that was the one a Joe second. was in. Yeah, yeah, because the first one you did, I think, was with... Um... Don't look at me. My memory shot, man. I'm old. <laughs> well, I did one with Josh. No, it was when I came back. No, it wasn't back. Josh. It was with... Uh, I can't think... This is so embarrassing now. I can't remember. Vance. Vance, yeah. yeah oh, Vance, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was yeah. going to say Jacob, and I was like, why am I saying... Well, Vance, Vance Jacobs. Jacob. Yeah, that's why. But I was like, I know his name's not Jacob. Because... <laughs> <laughs> There is so you your your uh, position at Softlead and the thing that you've worked on basically for your career the past is kind of correlated to this in person thing. Yes, we kind of jump on quite a lot. We're talking about coaching people, so you coach people online as well and in person. I take it in some regard because you used to own a gym. So yeah, I actually used to own a gym for three years. Ended up selling it last year in August and decided to come on. I got offered the full time position at Softlead. And going from that one extreme of being in the gym from eight in the morning to eight o'clock at night, and all of us in here are shaking our heads because we've all <laughs> fucking been there. Um, I was just driving my head into the wall. One, there was no money being made as a gym owner. I'll right. tell you that right now. And, and if you are making money, you're doing something right and let me know because I want to go ahead and- <laughs> yeah. I'd like to know what that is. You what want another is. stab at that oh, experience? Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so that's what I did. Emphasis on stab. Yeah, emphasis on stab. <laughs> I said it on purpose. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, and it was one of those things where, you know, I was got to the point where me and my business partner saw two different directions. You know, he was all about, huh, huh weird. Does anybody weird. else in here have that experience? Yeah. This is actually the first I've ever heard of it. Uh, you can have different viewpoints? It's so weird. What do you mean by business partner? <laughs> You know, he was all business. He wanted sure. to go business. And and when we first got together as business partners, I was like, fuck yeah, let's, like this is going to be really good. Like I can focus on athletes in the gym and creating a culture and mm-hmm. really helping develop, co- like developing coaches and athletes and move them the right way. And he can take care of being home by 5 p.m. in the evening time and doing A, B, C, and D with his family and taking care of all that stuff. And it led that way for a while. Um, and I'm just, gonna work really hard. I'm gonna develop the culture of the gym and all the people who are working there. And he's gonna concentrate on getting home by five. <laughs> that didn't sound <laughs> well. And as I don't know, as, well, as complimentary as maybe. And, um, and it's funny because I look back at it now and I was like, "What the hell was I doing?" Realistically, right? Like again, one thing I've realized about life: it's all about trial and error. Uh, no shit. Like <laughs> it's all trial and error. And I think since I've gotten out of the military, that's all my life has been, but it's also produced this curiosity side of me to where I'm like, let's continue doing. Uh, and yeah. if it happens, it happens. If it does, it doesn't. I learn from something and I continue moving forward with it to throw it in my toolbox. If not get rid of it. And that's where it came to the point where he wanted business and I wanted to continue producing athletes and help doing that but at the yeah. same time I wasn't getting paid and I wasn't making money I was programming for 30 something athletes individually like it wasn't template programming <laughs> it wasn't nothing it was straight up like Whoa. okay here's what you're doing here because I had to make a living yeah. and, and I have two kids I had to like try and support them living in this like 200 square foot like studio in California for a thousand dollars a month like we, we all know we've all been there we know what that exactly is that when you like put like. your pillow next to the refrigerator 
to pretty much. Night, yeah. Pretty much. I mean, I'm staying with you right now. You see how comfortable I am with how that's, I live. That's a good point. <laughs> it is weird that you sleep next to my refrigerator. I'm, <laughs> I'm cool with small spaces. Yeah. But realistically, man, it just came down to like, all right, cool. Like with the realm of, okay, let's go and go separate ways. Luckily, I got asked to come on with Softly back in when we first started the company in 2015, who Brent, really close friend of mine, operated and worked together in the military. I was getting out. He was still in, but he was getting ready to start this company. And he was like, hey, I need someone on the West Coast to help support on this end. Yeah. Can you explain a little bit what that company is and does? I mean, I can. Just okay. I mean, would you, <laughs> would you be so kind? Yeah. So we've actually gone through a huge kind of, we're in that, in that transition right now of, you know, really finding who we are as we've grown as a company. You know, when we first started the company, we were this human performance company who enables the tactical athlete. You know, when we look at the tactical athlete, we look at special operations, we look at anybody going into the military, LEO firefighters. And that was something that we were really big on when we first started the company. And as time started growing, we started getting more people following our programming that was on Instagram and Facebook. And there wasn't real, no real huge, you know, periodization behind it. It was kind of just like, we'll put this up, help guys out because the goal was to get these guys to train smart, not get thrashed by volume and intensity and still have to go perform the job at a hundred percent. And the goal was like longevity and resiliency and durability. So that's kind of where we came at in the beginning with that. So 10 by 10s. 10 by 10, <laughs> 10 by 10, tw 20 rep maxes every single day. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know what I'm talking Longevity. about. Longevity. Longevity. And so GVT. Yeah. Seriously, Ger Keegan, you're fucking dropping that in here. <laughs> <laughs> you said 10 by 10. I just clarify. No, exactly. I know exactly. And, and funnily enough, as old and small as I am, <laughs> I know what that means. I would hope so. <laughs> He knows a thing or two about a thing or two. And he, he, yeah. It, you are going to start weightlifting soon, so that's exciting. <laughs> oh, man. Can you video that for me, please? It, yes. <laughs> only because <laughs> only because Selena has video of you guys running with her yesterday. So. Does she? I don't know. I don't think but, so. We didn't yeah, know. I, yeah, we, I don't think so. I mean, if she did, though, I mean, I'd be like, that's probably a... No, that's, gonna, that's going down the first day that Keegan goes to the track to do 400. <laughs> I can't wait. Let, let me know. I want to oh, see videos man. of that. Yeah. yeah he's, gonna, he's just going to punish the earth with every step. <laughs> and feel every bit of it for the next I was just week. About, don't, don't break, my friend. He's <laughs> just getting better. He's just getting no, better. Exactly. No, we, we, don't, we don't actually think that would be a good idea to break him yet yeah we just wanted to get we want i'd prefer that he gets a bit overconfident before he gets broken well it's always the best it's always <laughs> in which case it leads to like keegan is purchasing a bicycle yeah so the break i have made so many mistakes in the last few days that i'm gonna regret down the road <laughs> but only for like a couple hours right and then after you'll be glad that it's over yada 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 yeah, but that is the breaking that i'm looking for Okay. Mentally. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah mentally. Yeah. Psychologically, just to watch the lights dim out and then all hope gets lost. And just go super internal. Like, yeah. more internal I, I than you ever have. I'm looking forward to that. Completely serious. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't. I fucking hate it. But I'll keep doing it because it's useful. You hit the head. And I'm not saying right. I won't. You hammered that home. <laughs> but, but I'm looking forward to find out what happens when I get there. Well, I, I mean, so this. You uh, end up like 35 miles from home on your bike. And, and you got to turn around. All you got to have, all you have is enough money for one ice cream sandwich. Here's a, here's a. It's probably one of the best fucking ice cream sandwiches you've ever had, though. Guaranteed. Unless, Guaranteed. well, and you'll taste it twice because usually you vomit back up. <laughs> so, <laughs> there's a guaranteed way to feel this. Um, you, you walk outside with your bike. You lick your finger, put it up in the air, see which way the wind is blowing, 
get a tailwind and just go as fucking hard as you can with that tailwind for as long as you can. And then turn around and try to make it home. Guaranteed fun. Because <laughs> This has never happened before. <laughs> it's happened lots of times. When you're talking. <laughs> like Wait, it, it always looks like this. I'm so fucking fast. God damn, I'm fast. I'm Man. the fastest cyclist ever. I'm, just I'm get- averaging 30 miles per hour. Are you kidding me? Like I could be a pro cyclist. And then you turn around and you're like, I'm the slowest motherfucker on a bike. I've never faced adversity. (laughs) The question is, is like, and I wish my phone wasn't dead right now. (laughs) (laughs) Or I'm not in Moab with no cell phone service. (laughs) I was listening to Pantera. I was like, oh man, that's what's getting me up. Pantera uh, and 20 mile an hour tailwind. (laughs) You turn around and all of a sudden now Pantera changes to something, something classical. (laughs) There you go. Nice. And now he's just, Grinding I'm, gears just to get whatever back. the song was, Sinead O'Connor sang on the ASP, whatever animal services protection that whatever that song is on repeat. I gotta look for that song now. I was thinking Sarah McLaughlin. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Maybe Sarah. Yeah, Sinead O'Connor did something else. She sang the opening for Conor McGregor. That's a different <laughs> event. <laughs> Never mind, different thing. Whatever, different uh, thing. Irish person singing. Sadly. <laughs> <laughs> take yeah, take your pick. Listen to or, that. Or Adele. That works. Maybe it's just Adele's something amazing. about Yeah, just about something depressing about living in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> Do that, mix that with heading home in a headwind and suddenly you have this like, okay, I made it so far in two hours. I'm gonna be doing whipped cream shots at Starbucks in like <laughs> <laughs> ten miles if I can get there. If, if is that because they're there. free? Yeah. yeah, I think that's what it was that day. Actually. Yeah, yeah, it's, the, the, it's the, for my dog. This, that's in the car. This event actually did happen. Yeah. Well, I think, and it did end up like halfway back. We ended up at a Starbucks, uh, and they were, had like these weird espresso whipped cream shots, and I, I, that they were given away mm. like little things, and like. I took a photo, but probably just was like, you know, being all tough and just had a black coffee, please. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Fuck. Instead of a latte. Oh, I, yeah. took, hold, I took. Hold the whipped cream. Yeah. No, at double whipped cream. Sorry. <laughs> in, in Spain, I took Aaron for one of these outings and we stopped when she was about to implode at like three and a half hours in. So halfway. <laughs> we stopped at a cafe and it was like, you know, it'll be fun. We'll just take a half an hour, chill out, and then we can ride back. And I ordered, I've never been so fucking happy in my life, but I ordered a coffee with cream. Uh, I think it was expressed as coffee con leche, um, if that would be correct. And it came and it was literally coffee poured over ice cream. And I was like, Jesus. (laughs) He does exist. Yeah, I was like, (laughs) because I would never order this, but now that it came, it's the best thing I've ever had. Expectations are great. Like like low expectations are great (laughs) because what came out, and I was like pumped. I was super excited. So Aaron ordered like, you know, something similar and she didn't get that. High expectations are not fun. No. So probably made that ride back a little bit worse. Well, then she decided to take some pre-workout Oh, and perfect. Jesus. It didn't Because she just happened to have some in her jersey yeah. pocket. Yeah. She took a little vial with her of some odd. And I don't know how people do that. Well, she didn't know oh, okay. um, what would happen. 
And I did because I've made that mistake before, thinking yeah. like, "Oh, it's you know, stimulant. I'll take this when I get tired," and that's not what happens. No, no, not <laughs> so at all. So no explodes because becomes no you ex you implode. <laughs> you, yeah. I was gonna say becomes no explosive. George and, actually has a great story about that. Ooh. That's true. Yeah, it's uh, three hundred milligrams within an hour is not smart, especially if you're not drinking. Wait, of caffeine. Mm -hmm. Of caffeine. And what point of your life were you, what were you doing at this juncture? I was deep into a 65-mile race of 104 miles. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, wrong time. Wrong time. (laughs) Yeah. It was, it was really bad. It was really bad. Let's just say when I got to mile 70, which was like, everyone knows if you ran an ultra and even in the biking community, like you get deep into that like 21 hours or so. It's, it's, it's real. Yeah. And it kicked in, and I had 12 miles to <laughs> something go. Something kicked out. Something. It will, before I got to my 70-mile aid station, I had already shit myself and already pissed multiple times, and I just was going downhill fast. <laughs> real fast. But, but not no, in no, the I way that you, you were should in a race. going real fucking slow. <laughs> uh, but ex- yes, Mark, I was going real fucking slow. Oh, my God. Like, real slow. Like, my my pacer Kevin, I feel bad for him because like you know we train together and he see me move and he knows what I can do and he all of a sudden just sees me start just going downhill fast. So the funny thing but is the, slow. the stimulants need to have some other fuel sources on board to for the engine to use, not just like get hyper excited and yes like oh wait there's no fuel here there's no gas I'm just like all <laughs> jacked up and crazy right now I got to go somewhere. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So do you still own those shorts? Uh, yes. <laughs> they were actually tights I was wearing. They were uh, virus tights I was wearing at that time period. Why I put them on, I have no idea, but it was in the middle of the night. I was like, I'm going to keep my legs warm. Let me just continue moving, you know, which I have no idea why I put them on. I did a lot of things in that race that I shouldn't have done that I didn't do in training. And it was just, it just led to, to, to that one dynamic of the race change. And it was, it was really, really uncomfortable so folks there's a good piece of information right there we you know been no knowledge dropped up to this point however don't start doing silly shit in a race that you haven't done in training <laughs> what? there's experience there's, i think we've all done something crazy like that too though i was ex- actually explaining uh having a selena asked me the other day she's like have you ever trained an ultra runner before and i was like yeah yeah and then and well how'd this work out blah blah this that the other thing and yeah, she was pretty amazing. She'd never run more than 15 miles before. And and uh, so in March, I started training, for the wa- training her for the Wasatch 100, which happens in September. Yep. And um, and at some point, and she, you know, June, she did like had a great 50-mile test race in Lake Tahoe, came back, this, that, the other thing. Got a new pair of shoes Ooh. prior to the, you know, like did one day in them and then, <sighs> then, oh, then uh, launched. And... Uh, her feet just fell apart. Yeah, it was it was pretty messy. There was a point where, like, at the top of Big Cottonwood, go through the aid station at Brighton. So she went through, um, you know, checked in, spent you know a couple minutes, then like ran out, checked out of that aid station, circled back in the forest, got in the RV, and spent like three and a half four hours there getting her feet fixed. Oh man! And then like snuck back out, got back out on course. Um, but I was just like. Elaine, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, and then, uh, you know, the same same exact brand, same model, same size of shoe, just not broken. It was, yeah. Just new. And it's like, uh, all of the stuff. It's uh, not the, it's not shit. school. You don't start with a new pair of shoes. <laughs> yeah, right? And a new Wait, peach. you did it? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I was, I, 
that there's something really irritating about new shoes, especially when they're white. You're yes, like, it's like everybody can tell. Like I was that kid in in like elementary school that I had to get like the white K, the K Swiss or the white Adidas shell oh, tops. Oh, I can totally nice. fucking see that. And I used to be that kid who used to buy extra toothbrushes so I can clean my shoes. So whenever they got dirty. Uh, I imagine for some reason I imagine a visor and a pot collar. Did you? Were you also a marine? No, okay. not yet. Okay. Not no, 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 no. But did you become? Oh later? yes. Okay. Yes, I did become. Huh. So you just somehow just piecing it together, cleaning my shoes, because um, I, I I don't I didn't know which branch of service, but. Um, uh, suddenly, you just told me. You learned how to be a Marine before you're a Marine. Yeah, and that was because I was just, I thought it was a cool thing to do growing up in San Antonio, Texas. And, you know, the cool thing was to go to school with brand new shoes and yeah. look as fresh and as keep possible. Them, keep them looking as clean what as possible. What kind of jeans one. did you wear? Because I'm thinking like Jenkos. Yep, I had Jenkos. I used to uh, <laughs> used to wear big paggy shirts. And sometimes I, for, I think we would for, not have been friends. No, I. For the longest time, I went bald in the front of my hair. I had this little tiny patch of hair in the front where I would like spike it and then float over to the side. So a bald head and just hair in the front. It was, I, I don't ask me what I was thinking because I probably wasn't. Most juggalos aren't thinking. <laughs> just, <laughs> oh, I was just saying, Michael, you were a hairdresser. What is that particular style called? Well, a mistake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it's really we, we, a style. It's it's a. Uh, we can fix that. It's a calling card yeah. of some sort. Yeah, it was pretty bad. And then <laughs> I went end up going to having a pretty boy part in the middle of my hair because I decided to go to to Catholic school. My grandparents were very religious, so they were like, "You're going to become an altar boy." And I started having a part on one side, which you still see to this day. It's never gone away. Okay, I enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> So I, what what did so you've had a lot of transitions, a lot um, of them, yeah. Now you're involved in CrossFit, military, obviously, some weightlifting because we talked about Coach B the yeah. other day. Um, what what out of those made you go back to ultra? Because usually people get out of the military and they're like, I never want to fucking run again in my life. That's what I said. Right. Well, that's a, so. What I'm starting to see here, dude, is this transitioning thing. Is like it's really kind of led me full circle. Mm -hmm. So before I joined the military, I played soccer. I was, I was a goalkeeper, so I had to do some running, and I was okay with it. Mm -hmm. I was okay at swimming when I was a kid, and I used to ride my bike from my house to school, which was five miles every day for football practice and everything else. Uphill so, in the snow. No, no, not at oh, all. Yeah. Dude, I'm in San Antonio, Texas this time, no, bro. It was flat, and I was it in was, the heat. <laughs> yeah, it was flat, you know. But so what got me into our back into ultra endurance was the fact that when I came on with Softly full-time, we wanted to develop this uh, style of training of taking this pure strength athlete who has never, ever done endurance ever and transition him over into endurance and then be able to live in the middle mm. was the goal. And me coming out of the military, I didn't do endurance work or anything like that for about five years. Um, once I found CrossFit, I was like, I'm not running. I'm not swimming. I'm like, why? Why do that? Like, I broad can, time I, modal domain. Can you bro. repeat that again and say that you never did endurance? You did CrossFit? Yeah. I was, <laughs> never did endurance. I always did CrossFit. But <laughs> And why wouldn't that work? I, I don't understand. <laughs> Wait. I wrote something about that once, I think. <laughs> Getting some weird flashbacks right now. 
Uh, yeah, I, I don't because you can't Tabata your way into mile sixty-five. No, like <laughs> no, you can't. Or after you take three hundred milligrams of caffeine, you can. Now it'll be twenty seconds on, maybe ten minutes ten off. Se- <laughs> twenty seconds of shitting, ten seconds, seconds of wiping. Away, but that's where I was going. Or trying to sip water and then it just comes right back out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, dude. So like, what ended up happening was. Is they were like, well, we need to create this program. And obviously we know there is concurrent training out there already. Yeah. Um, and, and there's a lot of people who do it. I mean, for instance, you guys, you know, do it decently, decently well. Did. Did. Past you know? tense. I don't Past know. tense. <laughs> um, we have other companies well, out there. Actually, who- actually, it was su- it was still quite, um, even, even at Jim Jones, I mean, it was still quite sort of polarized okay. with the types of um, activity. So even if some you know, stronger guys came in and did a little tiny bit of endurance and endurance guys came in and did some strength training during a specific part of the year for a specific purpose or whatever. It was still, you know, like it was like the, you know, the chess club and the football team just, they, <laughs> they couldn't really be in the gym at the same time. Yeah, like, that so. makes sense. <laughs> but yeah, so what got me back into that was the fact that I had to go ahead and test this program out. And I was like, all right, cool. Like, let me go ahead and get back into this. I hadn't ran more than three miles probably in four years, five years. <laughs> That's five kilometers, actually. That's Just, yeah. yeah. Five don't, I don't think CrossFit uses miles, right? Because <laughs> yeah. 5K sounds further. It does sound further. <laughs> it's a lot cooler. 10Ks. Yeah. And, but, and if you'd really break it down, you go 5,000 meters. You're like, fuck. And then you can just... equate it to a rower. And everybody gets it. Everyone oh, does yeah. get it. And, this, and the yeah. standard for that is what, sub 20 for CrossFitters nowadays? Or is it smaller? For the for the rowing? Yeah. Or the run? For rowing? Row, it's, it's well, it, it, was, it I depends thought it was on sub 20 before. It back, was. Even back in the day when. Yeah. Sub 20, yeah, because round numbers, and that's a two-minute per 500-meter yeah. pace. But I think, honestly, the the if you're like a regional athlete or games athlete, you're looking, you want to be in the low 17s. 17 is about to say. It's like 17, 18. And if you're a female, an 1830 yeah. is the like the standard. And that's yeah. for rowing. Rowing. Not for game. running. Not for running. No. Uh, for, for running, uh, if you're running a sub 20, you're considered a good runner in yeah. CrossFit, which is really hard shit <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say it's really hard to be a good runner in crossfit <laughs> yeah it is well, you're fighting something because you're you're fight what i think you're fighting mostly is a sport of shoulder endurance like uh with with the ability to carry those shoulders so there there's an antagonism there well, that, that isn't hard to it's funny you say this we were i actually mentioned this to keegan we were watching that air assault bike rope climb and run workout mm. and think it was katrina Mm -hmm. she was running and you could see her shoulders rolled forward she looked like complete but she was leading the workout and i forgot who was it that ended up passing her up i think Uh, it was that horvath oh it was that horvath Horvath. it was sam briggs she wasn't even competing but she passed her anyway (laughs) the spirit of sam (laughs) spirit of sam yeah yeah. but yeah hawthorne or how do you say laura horvath yeah laura hogwarts yeah Yeah, Yeah. she ended up hungarian i think you just said hogwarts yeah i did something we're talking about (laughs) but i ended up seeing her like i was like I mentioned King. I was like, bro, did you just see the second place girl pass Katrina? Mm-hmm. He was like, yeah. I was like, look at her, look, look at her like the position posture. of her posture yeah. of running. Like not even just her bottom. I was like, look at her upper body right now compared to Katrina. Katrina's shoulders are rolled forward. Her chin's tucked down. She right. looks like she's looking not, at the ground. Yeah. <laughs> looks like she's like riding an air assault bike, but running. So uh, this is an interesting point. Right? Wait, you mean she, the girl who passed her was not compressing her diaphragm or exactly. making her lungs smaller with her posture. <laughs> well, she was probably Funny. nasal breathing, so that's the. <laughs> <laughs> the, the <laughs> Ouch! The band word. 
<laughs> I don't know which nasal or breathing, but but, but either one. The of only them nasal like, breathing that's allowed is if there's a, a white uh, line of right dust there. in front of you. Oh, okay. Whoa, whoa! <laughs> I was going to say if the other airway is occupied, but um. well, if, if nasal breathing is good as a singular, <laughs> just, <laughs> it yep. just okay. Hit. Yep, <laughs> got I, it. I, in a race. To the gutter, <laughs> Mark wins. I, today well, I won. I usually, you know, it's been a while since I've actually had to had the title. So beyond <laughs> beyond, yeah, it has been a bit beyond the the like specifics of running technique because that's an easy thing to see in somebody. Yeah. Like, be, like to to see somebody run well, they run easy and they look like it's easy, like effortless. Yeah, and and then there's this thing that we found when when trying to improve crossfitting running technique and and endurance is. Um, they're generally flexing. This sounds really bad, but yeah. they're, they're generally trying to like flex their abs and run. But it's just, but, but the thing is, it's the, all the positive feedback that they have ever received has been from doing something that like you don't get it when it looks effortless. Yeah. People aren't, they're just like, mm -hmm. oh man, it's so easy for you. Even if you're, you know, in front by a mile or whatever. And, but if you make it look hard, yeah. oh, Man, bro, you, bro, you threw down. Yeah. Jesus, that so, was brutal. So ugly. the difference between Hash, watching Selena run yesterday and me behind her dying is probably like that dude's fucking killing it. Exactly, like, <laughs> he's crossfitting the shit out of that workout. <laughs> you see, you see <laughs> she's like just prancing on her feet. Did did, did she leave footprints? No, I don't think yeah, so. See, I don't yeah, think, I don't so, think so, so either. I've so. never seen her feet touch the ground. No, she like, trains like, on wet rice paper. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hundred oh, meter repeats on wet rice paper. Damn, how is this possible? Yeah, because. I mean, I've seen her try really hard and I know how much it hurts, but like generally when you, uh, and I think this, and I don't know if this is a CrossFit specific thing, but you're just, you're getting this positive social feedback for making it look harder than it actually yeah. is. And it develops into a habit. Yeah. yeah. Well, because I can act my way to getting that positive feedback uh, instead. It might happen that the first time I ever like go really hard that's real it is really hard but then when i get the like yeah you really went for it and now you're laying on the ground and dying you're just reinforcing the fact that you basically failed at everything <laughs> like you went to the point where you have no bodily control that that's not a useful scenario you should be able to get yeah. done and walk off yeah yeah yes and and if you know, we, there is some kind of thing you where you have, have to, a little, you know, hopefully you have a little trouble walking off. Like well, yeah. To hold it to, just, but the thing is, though, is I call it respecting the workout. Yeah. I re respect the workout by nice. not throwing yourself on the floor. Mm. Respect the workout and respect yourself for putting yourself through something that was difficult and you pushed your body to that limit. Don't just drop to the floor like a dead animal. Like you're surrendering, mm -hmm. right? Go ahead and stand up. Respect the workout. Respect yourself. Yeah. Acknowledge everyone else around you and walk the fuck off. Th there's some times that you'll put yourself in a bad position, but hopefully yeah. you learn from that bad position. You don't want to go there too often. Ability, like staying at 90 to 95% is, is a good ability no matter what. Yeah. And every once in a while, you'll have to pull the pin, but that should be to fucking win something, yeah. not to win a workout, not to train yourself to have that reaction from from training. So I I think there is a, a really bad mentality spread among rewarding people for you know uh, flopping around on the on the floor or or just pretend because it's so easy to act out. Yeah. It's so easy to grimace and make things harder, but then you're training. But to then you make just make harder. it harder. Right. Yeah. Like exactly. Um, yeah, the whole soft face thing has come up a few times, mm -hmm. I yeah. think, in discussion 
least in my mind, I, yeah. maybe. <laughs> well, it's the whole. It's, but, I also look at too at the whole pain thing. Mm-hmm. Like someone can on a scale of one to ten, someone can say they're a nine, but realistically, are they really a nine? Like they're going to start feeling that way, and now they're going to put themselves in that position of like I'm in a pain of nine. Yeah. And and that's how I look at the whole idea of, of when someone goes ahead and goes out that's there. That's when I go get a shovel and we <laughs> we go to 11. Yeah. <laughs> because, okay, so, because then they never lie again after that. You start beating people with a shovel in the middle of the gym. <laughs> they just, they're just like, yeah, three, man. It's three. It's three. I, it's three. It doesn't feel like that shovel day. Th- three plus, for sure. <laughs> so you brought this up the other day. I, I don't think we were recording. No, I think we were at breakfast or sometime okay, we are yeah, talking. This is a really interesting, because we talk about, obviously, perception and rate of perceived exertion. So obviously, RPE is a way to go for, for diagnosing where we should be aiming. And there's definitely like a, you know, a usefulness to knowing what 10 is. I don't think people know what 10 is. No. So asking them how they feel is totally fucking pointless. Most of the time when they're new, um, getting them to get. Oh, no, it requires like a lot of experience and a lot of self-honesty and a lot of. Yeah. Yeah. Like before, before that can become like, it did come up in the seminar that, mm-hmm. okay, this is, this is a, a, a better way of assessing someone's. Uh, pain tolerance level yeah how, effort perceived effort how tight the noose is what you know um but <laughs> they're really purple that thing might be really tight yeah yeah i like a nice deep red but purple's not a good thing if they can't um, say but, 10 it's probably a good sign that it's 10 <laughs> but but just but just having that is like okay that's maybe when when someone is inexperienced that's when the heart rate monitor might be a good thing that's yeah. when the computer on the device whatever it is that they're using is a good thing because mm-hmm. you can actually look at it and look at them and look at the thing and look at them. And, and then eventually a year down the road, two years down the road, after having actual numbers tied and performance whoa, 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 characteristics whoa, whoa, whoa. tied Who? to something, you can then you can get rid of all that stuff. And a year or two years. I need abs by like summer. I need like in two weeks. So <laughs> I need to figure out a way how to do that, Mark. Please okay, help me. Yeah. Um, I, I, got the, uh, I, got this, I got some water I brought back from uh, India. Okay. <laughs> um, We're going to take this to a 10 real dr- quick. Drink it really fast. <laughs> no, no, no. You only need a couple of drops. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's been brewing. It's in the Yang Z. And then the VG <laughs> kicks in within minutes. It's actually yellow <laughs> now. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. But, but really, you'll... you'll uh, You'll lose a lot of that excess. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say that that's not fluid. necessarily a joke of a business idea because they're like bottling air in England and shipping it to China. So they should just bottle water and ship it to people that want to lose weight rapidly. Yeah. From that same that's a place. Great business idea. So I don't know. Nailed if you, it. You can, I hold it. There were um, the dysentery diet. The, <laughs> It's not as good because because the thing is like dysentery it's too explosive, right? <laughs> seen it firsthand. It's just d- seen it, <laughs> done it, fucking lived it. <laughs> Four star hotel in a third world country is the one where you can sit on the toilet and puke into the bathtub at the same time. Don't care what they have in the fucking bar downstairs, or <laughs> wherever it is, man. If I can like park it and void, I'm good. That is my new um, blueprint for my restroom for my house now. <laughs> oh yeah, that and some like you know. Uh, handicapped, rail, handicapped rails for leg day. <laughs> so you're ba- you're uh, essentially you're but, taking a, a chair from the Subaru Brat, yes. and mounting that onto a toilet. Onto, yes. Oh my god. People don't know what I'm talking about. It. The the what went into the truck style of a Subaru Brat. 
there was two chairs oh, in the back, back when they had handles to like, hold on to. Yeah. So when your friend was really rallying, <laughs> you were just, but so to go back to my point, if you drink the water, you get the dysentery, you lose a lot of weight rapidly, but you need to fix it because you, because you'll die. Yeah. However, if you take a section of tapeworm and a pill, that fucker just is inside you and grows and eats everything. You start losing weight like crazy. You get this weird feeling, apparently. <laughs> um, but that's more sustainable. That's like a three-month plan. Dysentery is like a three-day plan. Like okay. if you need to, okay, I need to get, I need to get fucking slender for my high school reunion, my wedding, whatever. You know, then I'm on the dysentery plan because that, that that just. I was like, gonna say even, automatic. even it's in automatic, using yeah. parasites for weight loss, Mark is a long view kind of person. Yeah, it's endurance. <laughs> <laughs> I just want, even that's not easy. Th- no, no, no. <laughs> it's a it's a CrossFit thing. It's something that Greg Glassman told me a long, long time <laughs> oh, ago. It's a it's a shallow trajectory to a distant horizon. <laughs> okay. It makes sense. Honestly, it's. I have to go back to my notes. But to then, but then sure all of a sudden now, was, but. <laughs> and this long distance, this this approach that we're looking at now has to backpedal ten steps. Yeah. <laughs> well, because so that, well, I mean, you're going to have to go see a doctor about. either way. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a learned unlearned thing here. Besides all the like actual jokes that are going on, there is like a there's a utility to learning things kind of incorrectly and then unlearning them later. Yeah. I don't I don't know which ones are right and which ones are wrong, but th- there is a utility to learning how to do something like do go hard. Yeah. Right? Like there. That is. I think it's a skill you have to have. Yes, and, and how you, do you how do you teach that other than like a beat down workout or something that is actually not physiologically responsible? Yeah, I honestly I had a conversation about this what like two years ago, and I remember mentioning I'm not going to mention the name about who it was, but the question I got was like, how do you toughen somebody up, right? How do you toughen somebody up to create that skill? And pool was, balls in a sock. I mean, you can you can <laughs> soap in a sock. We could go ahead lock them up in a closet for ten hours and see what happens. We can. There's multiple different things we can do I, there. I, I'd say five grams of psilocybin and lock them in a closet. But <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> we, uh, they're going to come back a different person, and we're going to we just and, turn them into an animal. And they won't fitness at that point. No, not at all. <laughs> um, but like, there's been different approaches that, like you know, I look at and be like, okay, cool. Like, what does this person really need? Is it is it the lack of effort they're they're doing because they don't believe in themselves, or they believe in themselves they're just too scared to get there? There, uh, I, I think a lot of times it's being afraid of that sensation of you know going to perceived exertion level nine or you know 10 minus or whatever you think you're going to um i think people are afraid of that and 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 that's why like the the sort of like small doses of exposure of increasing you know and then enough time in between so they either forget or they recover or whatever that is i think you can slowly get someone you can throw them in the deep end and that's a nice lesson but it's not actually a uh, it's not a long-term lesson for them to look it, back at. Yeah, exactly. And so I think you you can teach them that, but they do have to get into deeper water yeah. at some, you know somehow. And as as a guide, there are responsible ways of doing that. Um, and then there are the less responsible, you know, the irresponsible ways that you know look cool on social media. Well, and I would have to admit that I learned most of my lessons by doing things the wrong way. Yeah. Uh, mental toughness was from beatdowns, even especially myself. Like, oh, I'm going to be tougher, so I'm going to go further and harder than I've ever been. And then I, it made it harder and harder to do it again. It yeah. actually did the opposite of making me tough. It, hate, it made me like resent training, maybe not want to go to that place that was actually useful. And that that's a big misconception with mental toughness. Like, yeah. uh, some you, I take it you've 
taken a person or two through a selection process yeah. and you have done a couple selection processes in which case like there it's well known in what you're trying to develop out of somebody like there's the qualities that we need immediately which are you know they need to have some resilience towards yep. failure and and then there's a way to develop that better and I, I think testing it is one thing getting it better is the other way i think a lot of things that we faced when we put through people through like physical crucibles in a you know gym environment um were just bullying like like literally just bullying people into you know uh with, showing what authority we had yeah. but with no backside plan yeah exactly like it's just like th today this moment is the only moment and we do the bullying and and then but but if you if you have the plan and like you said you know you you you, you target exposure of increasing sort of difficulty yeah. and then temper that or balance it out with some recovery and a hug maybe or you know, depending on the environment, you know, hug Hashtag being a, too. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we can do the hug thing anymore, but yeah, but you can put, but the, but the, you just hand them a beer. That's the same thing. Yeah. Like that's how dudes do it. Dude, right. Yeah. Well, so, I was going to say now you're involving alcohol, well, so you're already guilty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's social recovery. And then, it, but if you give the, uh, we're just going to Me Too territory right oh. away with the hug thing. Sorry, you guys. It's okay. <laughs> Let's see. We can back out of that. We hole. call this non-consensual exercise. <laughs> uh, you know, one thing, though, that I did realize. That's sometimes not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Unethical, but not wrong. Not wrong. One thing that I had to realize when I got to the schoolhouse as a recon instructor at this, for the basic reconnaissance course was that if you're going to do something to somebody, you had to have a justification for why you're doing it. Yes. And that was a huge piece in why I was able to gain a lot of respect in my students because, for instance, if we're in the deep end and we're treading water for an hour and I'm in the water as one of the sharks and I go up to them and, and, I, and I pull them under and I shark them and I keep them down there for a little bit and I see them freaking out and I come back up. I don't just let them come back up and walk away or yeah. swim away. I come back up and be like, hey, you know why I did that? And I want to hear what they what what was in their mind. Like, because you're just trying to make me harder. And I'm like, you're a dick. Yeah, exactly. We would get those responses like, no, you want to really know why I'm doing this? Because when you're doing a hydrographic survey at 2 a.m. in the morning and you get caught up in a kelp bed, and if you cannot stay calm and collective to get yourself out of that kelp bed to go ahead and do what you're doing. I'm just helping you not become a liability to that team when it's 2 a.m. and you're conducting that hydrographic survey. There's there like the and then just pull them right back down. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 The, and the, now we're going down again. Another <laughs> kelp bed V dot two. And then yeah. when you pop up, now I'm being a dick. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right. See the difference. <laughs> you see what I did there? I taught you something. Now I'm making you tougher. But, but that that teaching you something, I put you in a situation where there's a lesson to be learned, and that there there is a big difference between. Um, you know, just being a dick and giving somebody a very hard workout, which anybody can do. Yeah. You can crush it. It doesn't matter how fit you are. It doesn't matter what your ability is. There is a workout in a... You're in a, wearing your weakness on your sleeve, and if I'm smart enough, I can see it. Exactly. Like, and that's easy and to do. And if I'm mean enough, it's a monkey I trick. exploit it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it. It's a total trick, but there's also, I see this weakness. I'm going to point it out to you maybe so you're not aware of it, so that it's more shocking because things that stick are th surprise endings. Right. Like yeah. that's always like surprise. You didn't know this was a thing. Here's how you fix it. It's like putting them in a situation where they can actually fix it is a big difference between bullying somebody physically, like, physically. you know, doing all out minute four or five times in a row. There's no usefulness to that unless there's pointing out each time. 
here's what I mean by like, this is, you didn't know what max effort meant. Exactly. This lesson is to show you that effort should degrade. And if you're getting better, you don't know what max effort yeah. means. You're actually reaching your 10. Right. And one thing that I also used to do when I was an instructor, it was, uh, it's called the three C's and it was, you know, and I'm probably gonna butcher it cause I haven't used it in a while. I kind of use it with my remote athletes and with the guys in softly and the athletes is it's critique criticize and congratulate and congratulations or to congratulate them. So depending on what they're doing for that day, you can set your C's up however you want, depending on the example that you talked about yesterday, having a positive outcome or having a negative outcome, however else, you know, whatever you're trying to do to that, that athlete. And one thing that I really learned was by doing that to them, I saw growth mm-hmm. because now again, not just am I giving them justification, but they realize that I'm just trying to teach them something so that they can be better than me so they can go and do the job that I did probably better than what I just got done doing. Mm. So if I can't yeah. provide, you know, some kind of critique to them, what am I doing there? Yeah. So beat down doesn't come with knowledge. Yeah. It, it, and, and that's the problem we it's, see. And even to the, like, I still see it to this day and we have guys always ask us, Hey, you know, I'm getting ready to go to selection. What should I be doing? I just got done with a 13 week, you know, just pure volume intensity cycle and I'm broken right now. And I have three <laughs> more months before my selection starts. And I'm like, you want me to be honest with you? You want me to like, let you know, it's like your goal is probably not to train 10 times a week. Yeah. You need to go ahead and train four days a week, focus on rec- recovery mobility. Cause that's fine. What you just did. Now the goal is to go ahead and to make you as durable as possible. So you can handle the rigors of selection. Get rid yeah. of those shin splints. Exactly. Yeah. Dude, like, <laughs> but that's the thing is we see it right again. Yeah. We, we go back to the CrossFit aspect. We go back to just life in general. Everyone wants that quick. I need to go hard. I need to hit myself. I need to go ahead and put myself in a place of pure agony 24 seven because that's where I'm supposed to grow. And realistically, no, it's like, this is also in, in uh, mixed martial arts. So this is, this is a big problem. And th- this is some, like you mentioned uh, uh, Jameson the other day. Um, Joel. Joel. Joel, J- Joel yeah, Jameson. Yeah. Joel Jameson. Uh, he has been a big proponent of actually riding yes. over and being very intelligent about your approach for strength and conditioning, applying it because it's really it's really easy to get mixed up in that i train hard i train yeah. so hard i beat myself up no one can beat my uh, no one can beat me up more than i can beat up myself and that does that, not fucking work no. like that's not the right approach the second you see somebody being intelligent about it, about yeah i work hard but i try not to work too hard um, I, you should always have more in the tank. There should always Fucking be lazy, man. Yeah. Why are you being lazy for bro? But I, don't <laughs> I know took how a many, nap today for an hour. I don't know how many people have like done those UFC interviews and you see like, Oh, I trained harder than anybody. And it was like, no one has yet been like, I trade more intelligent than anybody else. And I, I don't really- waste any energy doing shit that doesn't fucking work. <laughs> like, but the ideas and you see it in the strength and conditioning, they go from like, I train like 25 minute rounds with all my bros. We roll, we box, we do every little sort of thing. And then I go into strength and conditioning and I do 20 by five minute of something else. And you're like, you just did why? Yeah. There, there's just, just, each other it's out. just a total beat down. Yeah. And you know, oh, I want, you know, transferability. I want function in my strength and conditioning. So I'm hitting I'm a tire with a sledgehammer or like whatever the thing that looks just like the motion that they just did. And it's something that we talk about, about it should actually be complementary. Yes. You should be, you know, these different systems have to antagonize each other as opposing forces to actually be effective in balancing out an athlete. And that takes intelligence, not necessarily just dumb hard work. No. And that's, and that's something that I really, I'm, was one of my big mentors learning from was, and when I say mentors, I read his books, articles, mm-hmm. taking his courses, you know, from Joel Jameson was the fact that he's very simple in what he teaches. 
you know, when he talks about energy systems and he talks about how the brain and the heart works and, you know, when he comes into, all right, let's go ahead and break down that aerobic system and the anaerobic system and these things. And all of a sudden you're like, wow, okay, cool. So I can develop an athlete by utilizing 70% of aerobic work and not having to do 70% of anaerobic work and actually do 30 to 20% if I wanted to of anaerobic work as I got closer to certain training. At the right time. At the right time, exactly. <laughs> I and, really, I really like the simplicity. Uh, I can't remember where I read this, so it, it is going to go unattributed, unfortunately. But there's somebody who put out there, like, as opposed to trying to make things more difficult by describing the brain and all its structures and all the thing that goes into it, and trying to tell somebody that your prefrontal cortex is your compulsion control and blah 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 blah. It's like <laughs> your heart is a blood pump. Yep. Your brain is a thought pump. <laughs> there it is. Those two things, like one pumps blood in order to get activity the thought pumps where the activity should be put mm -hmm. fucking put it together and go and you're like thank you that's very useful i do not need the latin term for whatever thing in order to alter it i'm sorry that that ebook is too short you'll <laughs> never get to 600 pages with simplifying shit like that man we will never make money off of it well that's, that's true also that's, you yeah. won't make money off of it that's i will if i had giant hands and people just came to a seminar and i clapped in unison or talk about tony robbins I, I, <laughs> so I, I got it i was so no no what's funny is i actually have never seen tony robbins speak or anything like that ever in my he's life he's actually fucking amazing and that's so the other night i'm it's like nine o'clock and i just put my daughter to bed and i'm chilling in a really good state and relaxing and i'm looking through netflix and all of a sudden i see tony robbins I'm like man i keep hearing a lot of things about this guy like he's been around for years is this the i'm not your guru i yeah. think so yeah, yeah it's yeah. the one it was and i was like all right i'm gonna go ahead and check it out Man, did I have some like life-changing thoughts in my head afterwards? And the next morning, I woke up and I was like, "All right, I need to fix this. I need to fix this. Okay, I'm good." Like, he was so powerful in how he just presented to people, mm -hmm. very passionate, and he was very caring. And he, it, it, like, every single person he talked to, it was genuine. So uh, we we had an opportunity to work with one of his head trainers for a while, like the guy that you know does basically the same thing and actually his son for a little bit and that like to see how they foster those abilities that is actually a skill that i think yeah. most people should have and all the stuff that comes out yeah they're basically uh external motivation or speakers that motivate people it's very short term very like small fuse but how they communicate ideas is actually very profound yeah. and that that connection process that, that should be respect i joke about him all the time because he's an easy person to joke yeah. about but and he jumps on a trampoline for exercise so the, rebounding that, <laughs> no <laughs> moves lymph around i'm bro. moving my lymph okay <laughs> and then go freeze it in place in the cryo chamber that that was when i knew i had to leave arizona uh, <laughs> oh man when the trampoline showed up oh did it oh yeah oh shit that was real oh yeah that's real life no oh, way. Man. Oh, yeah. 100%. Don't get me wrong. I like jumping on a trampoline. Like, uh, there's nothing wrong yeah, with that. Yeah, but we're talking a three-foot diameter trampoline. <laughs> which, yeah. Is, we are. Is, something like you get what for Keegan's a, talking yeah. about. Yeah. Something you get for a three-year-old. Yep. Yep. I uh, I have a, an acquaintance. Actually, he's a friend. Haven't seen him for a long time. So, I, uh, But when he would go on road trips, he'd, he'd bring a trampoline. Yeah. yeah. First thing the, every day. Move that I, lymph. Well, so what is... And it's like, is, I can't argue because it... What's the science behind that? A lymph doesn't move on its own. 
But then you could argue that you could just exercise and lymph would move around. Well, well, so oh, why not shut just shut your mouth? Why not just <laughs> like what's the difference between a trampoline and jumping and a, rope? <laughs> like, <what's> yeah, <laughs> one takes actual skill and effort; the other one jumps for you. Again, everyone wants something I, given to them and handed and hold their hand where they go. Low impact, man. My knees are bad. <laughs> well, they're never going to get better unless you put stress on them. Shut <laughs> your mouth. <laughs> why are you so smart? I don't, I, don't, like, I don't know why we went down this road, but it is, uh, it's interesting only because... The, so uh, the I would argue style. that a, like a three-foot diameter trampoline... <laughs> I'm going to fucking more, buy one tomorrow. More portable than an air assault bike. Yo, like if I'm going to drive around for with sure. one in the back of my truck... But uh, less portable and, than a jump rope. Yes, I was about to. Like, <laughs> and even <Touché>. less, <laughs> so even like, even less than a, uh, you know, a pair than, of shoes. Than walking. Well, and it's like, well, when he travels, how does he get a the his trampoline when he flies? Does he buy a new one or does he check it into his? Does he check? I it? think that he only guy stays is... in hotels that have them in their gyms. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> or something. I don't know, man. I can't. I can't, I can't answer that. I was, this was just a road trip. Just one day, you unpacked the truck in or back of the suburban um, someplace that I was, or I guess he's staying at our place. And um, yeah, I t- got the trampoline out and took it out on the back deck. Started and started the day, and I was like, dude, if he did it naked, that would be impressive. <laughs> There's nothing All uh, I'm less thinking about now is than, girls on trampolines from the man show. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to say, juxtapose that with that's like cool for guys. There's nothing less attractive than watching a guy <laughs> jump on a trampoline <laughs> naked. It's just, it's the Seinfeld episode of like, you know, there's good naked and bad naked. There's, there's like, you know, drinking coffee and walking around naked. Like that's supposed to be attractive. Then there's like waxing the floor naked. There's vibrations or I think Jerry oh Seinfeld's example was opening a pickle jar naked. Not a good naked. <laughs> <laughs> Jumping on a mini tramp. Wait, not a good naked. Failing to open a pickle jar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's not a good naked, but hand just slipping. Yeah. Leg. Just the going tension in one way. involved. Yeah. The, the, the aggression that gets into opening a pickle jar, I guess could be a bad naked. I digress. Get, get us out of Keegan. I tried Save before. Us. Well, the, the whole thing I was going through, the communication <laughs> style is what I took away from all of those people. Like, A, they speak a common language, yep. which is super. Like, you'll never see Tony Robbins get up in front of somebody who's trying to connect with them and speak Latin or talk in terms that they don't understand. Yeah. They, he will go immediately and pick up on, and this is a really weird thing that one of his guys taught us, is like pick up immediately on their body cues, how their arms are folded, what fa- what way they're facing, where their leg is crossed, and match them. Yeah. So in a communication style, it's you know meet, match, move. So I, I meet them to where they're at on their level, I match what their communication style is, and I move them to where I want them to be. And that, that works all the time and he's obviously a master at it yeah. like he he can read a room or pick up a person and some of this is like not to be unfair but a lot of it is some con man shit i was gonna say pt like, barnum comes to mind yeah, yeah like <laughs> there is like but uh, you not know, in a bad way raise your hand well everybody has fucking daddy problems that's the easiest thing to pick out so you know you pick uh, a 20 something female that's with her mom you know what the fucking Boom. problem is yeah, like right it's away. just easy to identify you pick a couple these days 
masculinity is going to be a problem yeah. in that relationship. So there's just these themes that are reoccurring. It's just like, I'm not a fitness guru because somebody shows up and I can look at them and be like, I know what your problem is. Like you don't eat correctly and you have food problems or you have, you know, eating disorder based off of body dysmorphia. Like, well, of course, 99% of us right. do. Yeah. That's an easy call. Uh, it doesn't mean you have special knowledge. It just means you've dealt with these problems so many times that you know when they're going to occur, especially when somebody comes in and you, you can kind of identify like they're already know. overweight. They're yeah. Already or, or even worse, you just see how they dress and how they hide certain things, you know, or uh, especially in females, like what their style of gym clothing is. And you know immediately what they're looking at on YouTube or, or on Instagram. Like they show up with... Wait, the you long know, tank top covering the top of the... Covering the uh, the butt cheeks, uh, excuse me, the glutes um, in the yoga pants? Yeah. That's like a, that's, like a, that's, that's an a, indicator of... That's a... Yeah, that's the... That's your hashtag fit fam avocado toast select. What I call, you know, they're more likely to come from a saltine diet. Wait, didn't, like, didn't you mean the yoga pants pulled up? Yes. To the sports bra? I I did not, actually. Have you not I, seen that I, look? I, it's I, a 21st century It's space. to the belly button. <laughs> I was, a, oh, we're gonna, sorry. I was the belly more, button. I think it depends on how self-conscious you are or how yes. high the pants go. I, I was more going for the uh, sort of pear-shaped polo shirt that the dude wears, one size too big. That <laughs> he still looks slightly athletic because the sleeves are short and they might show the what biceps do remain. I feel like but you, doesn't, um, you doesn't just described the, my senior year wardrobe in college. <laughs> 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 we're really getting deep into like how we used to dress when we were kids. I, I, everybody alligator on it or a horsey <laughs> <laughs> i couldn't afford the alligator Ooh, economic status yeah uh, but th that Hashtag is a sears it really is <laughs> that, that's an identifier right somebody comes in with brand new set of metcons and the you know coolest fucking knee socks and you know a certain brand of short and shirt and it's a you know a box tank with a sports bra and you're like cool crossfit girl i know how to talk to her because she's obsessed with shit that doesn't fucking matter and i can immediately speak her language and that that connection allows you to actually move her into where she needs to go yeah uh she needs to stop doing amrams she needs to you know to get healthier whatever the objective is and then you know the girl who has the brand new nike pump 2000 in teal with you know the brand new lululemon that come up to the sports bra that are the 21st century form of spanks or whatever you know she has no idea what to eat and she's hyper obsessed with you know the wrong things avocado toast is not the way to where yeah. she wants to go so th there's a different form of language that goes with that let me introduce you to kale <laughs> it's magic <laughs> so good uh, yeah. It replaces have you carbs noticed, completely. Have you noticed my figure? <laughs> well, that, yeah, I'm like, oh, well, I've I was, been... I was just thinking, George, that maybe like um, that somebody came out with a kale-flavored beer oh. might be the... <laughs> I'm shaking like my a, head right yeah, now. Yeah. No. <laughs> it should be said with, you know, any clarity you want to add on to this, Mark, is that um, <laughs> you cannot green smoothie your fucking way to fitness. And that is still a, a thing that people like if they, yeah. you know, double down on their wheatgrass shots. I mean, maybe that's not a thing anymore, but whatever the fucking yeah, equivalent with ran out of wheat. That's well, well, whatever. Well, cause now, <laughs> now we go to kale. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now we go exactly. to kale. Now it's a kale, kale shot. Kale shot. Kale or kale ginger, turmeric. Yeah. Yeah. What a, yeah pick yeah. your, pick your nutrientism. People will always pick that and, and that will be the answer. And there's a certain brand and association that goes with that. And what I think, can well, I go to like the smoothie shop whichever smoothie shop either the chain or the independent one and get like a turmeric boost 
Yeah, or a yeah, kale boost. Or I know I can get fiber boost. I will say this. Actually, uh, when we were in Portland, I started to feel a little bit sick, and there was a juice shop, and I yeah. was like, you know what? Fuck it. Cayenne and turmeric Shit and ginger. works. It totally works. But not every single day. No, no. And it didn't give me a six pack. Right. I was going to say, you weren't <laughs> trying true. to get in shape. You were trying to not be sick. sick. Exactly. Yeah. Like, well, some... You could have just gone to the GNC next door and taken 50,000 yeah. IUs of vitamin D. And I was going to say 250,000. Oh, okay. I'm a fan of 250,000 IUs. The whole bottle, not just one. Depending on what IU, I get the 5,000 IU pill and yeah. then I'll, or tablet, whatever version, and then I take. At I least can't even half. do the math on that. Yeah, I usually just handful like it and I go. Like, <laughs> <laughs> shake them. Because some of them stick to the bottle. See, exactly. You yeah. know, I know what you're. Well, I'm in danger of toxicity, <laughs> vitamin D toxicity sometimes. Oh, my God. Aren't you outside like crazy? Like, what did you do this week? And how many hours of biking did you do this week? Not very much. I don't know. What did we do? And then a couple hours after that? Two, uh, that was a lot um, of sun, though. Well, yeah, yeah, we went out for two hours. Yeah. yeah, it was a hard two hours. What's, well, that's, what, that's the thing, though. Is I was inhaling sun. I was inhaling. <laughs> so I get, like, vitamin D exposure from the inside of my lungs. I heard Michael uh, took you on a route that was very accommodating to the way you ride a bike. Or wait, no, no. It was accommodating to the way he rides the bike. <laughs> At first, yes. <laughs> oh, until, we, he, until he learned how to ride that road. And that then route. we switched places. Yeah. And then I it, didn't know how to ride. It, it was... He must have caught the tailwind for a little bit. <laughs> Funnily enough, he had a tailwind. I didn't, and I was right behind him. <laughs> the same direction. I don't know how this happened. I was just like, is it just me? Uh, yeah. Oh. I, was I was like going to tell him, you know, hey, dude, you can back off any time, but I couldn't talk because I was breathing so hard. <laughs> so there was just no hope but just to try and hang on. Uh, what the fuck am I but getting myself I wanna, into? I like want to point that out, like you talked about, was the communic like communication, mm -hmm. right? Unfortunately, and when I say unfortunately, the idea of his social media has created this communication path of where somebody does something all of a sudden now everyone wants to go and check out what they're doing because they think it works for them right and that's what we end up seeing where people are like oh i'm this yoga yoga like person i like doing yoga and everything else like that i went through my level one i take is, juice. Is there levels in yoga yeah there is there's different types of levels in yoga okay. um how's he gonna make money <laughs> you can I, totally I mean, MLM his, yoga I just thought because you have like balanced and levitated and shit and charged money for that shit. What I was trying to go to and say was it, it what ends up happening is there's so many of those people out there that it mm -hmm. ends up muting the, the, the individuals who actually have had the real life experience and the trial and error and have actually been able to live that life and being like, look, I tried doing the kill light and it did not work for me. I completely just bombed or I did the full on like whatever diet and it didn't work or. I decided to go and drive myself into the hole with Metcon of MRAP after MRAP mm -hmm. of three minutes, rest 60 we, seconds, three minutes. Let's rest. We call that as much rhabdo as possible. I, exactly. <laughs> but the thing is, it was like. It's almost as nutritious as kale. <laughs> <laughs> Supplying your kidneys yeah. with the right nutrients. But the thing is, it, was, it just ends up masking the individuals who have really understood and, and been able to do that. And there's I, not very many people that realize that. I, I've yeah. come, I've, I've evolved. <laughs> <laughs> breathtaking um i used to be really kind of aggravated by that whole premise that you know somebody puts a rubber band around their legs and now they're a fitness professional and they overwhelmingly have more influence than somebody who actually has good information but i don't know if that's necessarily the truth because um 
when I go back to like what the population consists of, most of them are fucking worthless. Sorry, yeah. everybody. <laughs> that's that's every and the people who aren't will find their way. Like in that, that's where it left a lot. It took away a lot of anxiety and and the rubber like, band's going to be a big deal for a lot of people. And maybe it's maybe it's a part of that journey. Like maybe I mean, yoga like, is a really great way to find that yoga doesn't fucking work. And maybe a kale diet or a carnivore diet or whatever diet is a great way to find that that was a you know a learning experience, but not a sustainable way to think about nutrition. But it did get me paying attention to what I put in my mouth, and and that was an amazing process in and of itself. So like build on that, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, right. Yeah. Like well, let's, that's let's, what never happens. Nobody builds on. No it. They one just builds stop on. Stop and go back to where they were before. Which is fine because that's what the population will do. Like most people will not take a jump and quit their job and try something different because they're comfortable and they're comfortable with being how uncomfortable they are with themselves. So uh, I look in the mirror, I don't see what I want to see, but there's a pair of pants that kind of fixes that. And, you know, uh, I can always tell somebody, and this is what... That's the one, those are the ones with the 4% Lycra. <laughs> yeah, this is the this four-way stretch. Okay. Um, that... This is commonly, I mean, so common that it is so fucking irritating sometimes that when we have consultations with, I mean, normal populations, people aren't seeking us out. We'll do a speaking engagement. We'll talk to people about their diet. And without a doubt, like 90% of the people that are overweight and don't know why they're that way, they sit down and they tell us how healthy they are. Like, oh, no, I eat really healthy. Yeah. And you're like, cool. Uh, let's talk about what you eat because I'm sure you do. And they'll, they'll describe health foods, yeah. you know, the quality of foods and like, oh, you know, I, you know, sometimes I just wake up and have berries and oatmeal. And I'm like, oh, fuck, here we go. And then, you know, I'll have a piece of toast with some almond butter. I'm like, well, stop right there. Like what, how much almond butter, like a tablespoon. And they're like, oh, you know, I really like almond butter. <laughs> <laughs> I go through like a jar a week. Yeah. By the time you get down to it, you're like, that's like five table. That's like 700 calories just in your one piece of toast. And they're like, no way. Yes. Yeah. Well, well wait. I mean, but do you know how like that, that like feeling when you have toast with almond butter on it <laughs> that you kind of got like a hairball like you're a cat like <laughs> you could actually drink more coffee with it or whatever you are just to make it go down easier well i was more thinking that like the maple syrup that i put on top really makes it slippery and <laughs> and uh just go go right down and then and then i sort of like no mm, well, that'd be good some some coffee but mm, like maple syrup with coffee would be really good with some heavy cream and then <laughs> <laughs> well no i i don't do any of that because i know that fructose is in maple syrup and i read a book that told me that that would shut down my liver so instead i have three whole avocados after <laughs> and there's no carbs in avocados but health yeah total health just total health carbs, and, and, and you plant the seeds but, and, but, and, the pit or and, and the this this to relay this like all i'll do is like okay tell me any no judgments because they're you know I would rather somebody be like, well, I had like 14 chicken nuggets, half yeah. a bowl of macaroni and cheese, half of a hot dog. Fuck, you're making uh, me hungry. Six, <laughs> six beers because it was Wednesday. And then I'm like, cool, we can work with this. Hell yeah. Because I know you're being honest because that's fucking embarrassing. And the honesty past embarrassment is where people will make advantages. But when we're trying to hide and pretend like, oh, you know, I have a chicken salad with 13 cranberries on it for lunch. And that, that's the only so, sugars I get. I stay away from sugar, except when I binge and have 12 pieces of chocolate cake. Except for the every candied walnuts that come in the container with the cranberries. <laughs> and that, but, that has been one, too. But those are so good. <laughs> they totally are. But, they are so but good. But the funny thing is, is like, you know, they're, they're sitting down, they're, they're, they're coming to the seminar. Mm -hmm. They're sitting down or whatever the presentation is. They're sitting down in front of you to have a conversation. I eat really healthy and like the, 
all you you don't have to listen to him. Just say no, you don't, or you wouldn't fucking be here. That's right. where I thought you because were going. Because if with you it. actually ate really healthy, this shit would have been sorted. It, yeah. It, so be honest, and then tell me about your thirteen grand. Well, and I think because <laughs> a prime number, so I'm good well, with it. Well, we just you broke know. the ice though right away, right there, right? Yeah. So like, hey, look, we're we don't care. We're not judging you. Sure. We yet. want you to like not not yet, right? And being judged. When you right walk now, away, we are uh, totally judging. We're totally yeah. talking about yeah. you. That guy, George. Yeah. That God. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think to Michael's point is it's it's another language problem that those people yeah. yes. perceive the foods they're eating as healthy because they're told they're healthy, but they're eating them in abundance well, or which is unhealthy, right? And this is this is where Aaron is much better than me because I take on the side of go fuck yourself, like you're unhealthy or you're an idiot or I admonish them for something, whatever. Aaron is very like, uh -huh, yeah, oh, I totally love almond butter. And that is the communication style that like bridges like, oh, here's somebody who understands my love of nut butters. Yeah. And then like her, she'll be anecdotal, and this is true. She'll be like, "Do you know one time I ate seventy-two ounces of almond butter in a week?" Two thousand eleven. Yeah, Vancouver. <laughs> that, that, I have she, pictures. I'm that was sure. a real thing that yeah. she did, and she just didn't realize. And she thought I was eating it too. And she's like, "Man, we really killed that jar of jars of almond butter." And it was actually technically called mystery butter, which is a, a mixture of cashew and almond butter, which oh. is amazing. And I was like, "Yeah, I haven't eaten any of that." And she's like, "Shut up." Like, shut your mouth, and she added it up. And it was like 12,000 calories or something in total. And so she does understand. And so, like, I think the communication style, like, like coming back to, like, why Tony Robbins is so effective is because he can immediately connect with somebody by being like, yeah, I had a problem with my mother. My mother acted like this. And therefore, oh, you had probably, and you're admitting it freely, so now I can admit my you know, thing, and then we can get on to how to fix it. Yeah, just become that much more vulnerable right. between and, each other. And yeah. the and the frustration that I see in like you know the way people are communicating, like you know, this is how you eat to get this body, or this is what fitness protocol you do. And I say that on purpose I, to no, get I the totally, to get this totally thing, or you yeah. know, you breathe in this manner and use this kind of ice bath or whatever. That is miscommunicating the the fact that these people need to think. Yes, it's it's a it's asserting that the fix is just uh, information that you don't have, but the fix is actually thinking about what what the fix is. And I think we have we don't have very many people out there nowadays who promote critical thinking. Right, like. <laughs> uh, I just made somebody cringe. <laughs> I just made somebody cringe. I heard the cringe. I heard the cringe. Oh, but it's true though, right? Like yeah. uh, I'm not gonna oh, lie to you. Sure. Being out here this week, this weekend, coming hanging out with Keegan, there's been a lot of critical thinking mm -hmm. conversations. Same thing like we did yesterday. It's now we are today. It's it's been a very very good um, place to be because of the fact that one, I don't always get to engage in them. Mm. Which you know when you try and present that critical thinking approach you now seem as, oh, these are just your experiences and there's no science behind it. And you know what, that doesn't really matter when realistically all I'm putting out there is a th is my thought process and mm -hmm. the curious approaches that I've done. So it helps other people start thinking like, oh, light bulb, that makes sense. It's, it is a, and we had to address this at, at um, our uh, symposium, seminar, event. All of the above. Oh, oh I've just been yeah yeah D okay. all of the book. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is a bad premise to say that well there's no science to back it because historically that's how it always works yeah. like 
How many hundreds of years did it take for science to back the you know existence of an atom or the existence of a quark or the existence of you know any particle that we kind of knew was there or somebody was like, hey, I've got a wacky idea. Uh, this is how Maybe it's the universe smaller than a molecule. Yeah, or so, <laughs> yeah or, and we didn't even see molecules at the time. So it was just an idea. And so for somebody to be like, oh, duh, there's nothing that backs that. You're actually stopping progress. You're yeah. actually like, uh, yeah, there's a lot of dumb shit that comes out. Some guy will come out and talk about like, you know, they'll they'll use jargon and talk about the quantum of breathing or the quantum of physiological, you know, stress right. or whatever. And they'll use jargon in order to sell a scientific idea without it being scientific. That's wrong. But I am totally for people being like, what about this? What, because science will always try to come back and refute it or prove it true or yes. prove it wrong or whatever. That's that's what science does. We we had no idea how to train for uh, any kind of running event, uh, endurance event, strength event. People just trained because they had an idea. They looked at it like, hey, if I you know you know I'm an Olympian in the uh, classical Greek age, it was eating lion meat and hearts of things because that promotes like you know, masculinity and, you know, courage or whatever, uh, they weren't necessarily wrong. Yeah. I mean, the heart has a ton of nutrients in it, has a ton of protein. They're built like they're using the same thing. It's based on a bad premise. Yeah. But eventually we, oh yeah, it's probably smart that we eat a lot of protein uh, to support like physical efforts. So that in the first place needs to be clarified, I think for most people, because that 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 is that is a bad premise for me. Um, the second one is because I, and maybe this is like probably something I sh shouldn't share, but I had this idea because we've been talking about effort quite a bit the other day while I was hiking, uh, with my dog. Hey, Lambert. Uh, and I was just like in my head, we're going over kind of the manual you put together. And a lot of it is based off of this term effort. Yeah. And I don't think you can define that. And we when I find that at breakfast, right. I don't like fuck. That just dawned on me, and and I, I don't have an answer yet. So like I don't know how I'm going to deal with this, but I use that word offer like often, and it's a mask for something that you don't actually understand how to describe to somebody. Like what is effort? Is it just trying real hard? Well, trying isn't a thing. So like is it an attempt but a failure? No, because sometimes great effort equals success. So it's this term that is uh kind of I don't know hidden yeah like we use it to mask something and i compared it to like talking about referring to ourself like the self-referential of i we don't know what we actually mean by that other than this body but when i say you know uh my leg cramped and i like we separate our involuntary from our voluntary but it's all this, us it's all the same right it's all a set but we definitely are like i don't know why i did that is a normal thing that you know uh, gets said in excuse of, and I think effort also gets used in excuse of. Yeah. If I try to do, you know, how I go about anything, I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to just see what people have to say about this. Look up, well, you know, definition first, then I'll look at, you know, uh, origin of the word, where to come from, how is it most popularly used, what are the best synonyms for it, and then it'll give me a better idea of how we're using it incorrectly. Um, I think it's one of those words that we will never be able to identify. And I, that brings us back to how important communication and language is. is. Yeah. If I'm using language that I don't even understand myself, is it useful? No. Uh, maybe unless we just all agree on the story behind it, you know, uh, 
hey, we by effort, we mean go real hard or <laughs> whatever the, the definition we agreed to those terms of. But it, it's, it is one of those things that we have to be very careful with how we communicate ideas. Um, I, I've had to back off of a lot of like feelings of like, I don't know, frustration with this industry. And I think you've had to do the same, same yeah. especially because you're like in a subgroup of this industry too. Like you're appealing to uh, a group inside of another group talking about, you know, fitness and, and wellness or whatever performance, however you want to describe it. How you communicate with those people, I think is really important uh, because you have to speak their language. And there's definitely something inherently different from somebody talking about human performance on the scale of, I am going to be a tactical athlete or a military athlete from somebody that's like, I want to run a 5K. Yeah. Like we speak differently. Well, and that's the funny thing. And it's, I'm happy you brought that up because of the fact of when I said like that transition between where we're going right now is like, you know, the percentage of military and, and law enforcement and firefighter is not actually as big as everyone would think that we would be doing mm. as a whole. We're actually your middle aged class like men and women who are following our programming and following mm. the company because of the mantra of die living. Yep. And we're seeing that now. And one thing that it has, has helped me do is it's helped me learn how to communicate and be able to be put in those people's positions because now I have to put myself in that position because I've never been there mm -hmm. to create the proper communication and, you know, presenting the language, not just the, you know, just like, oh, yeah, hey, I used to run 5Ks all the time in the Marine Corps. Mm -hmm. You know, no, it's like, oh, I just got done training for a 5k or hey i just got done training for a b c and d i can relate to what you need to do and you know one thing i've seen from that with that transition now you know from not just specific um military leo mm -hmm. but the thing is though is when i look at tactile mm -hmm. right i look at tactile as a word of, across the board for anybody because of the fact that when you think about it when i go ahead and bring someone into the gym or they follow the program the goal is not to just make them a one-trick pony inside that gym. Mm. The goal is to make them as tactile as possible so they can go ahead and live their life the way they want to. Well, I think maybe one of the, the things that I didn't even see, because we see a lot of this branding associated with military, and um, that, that's one way to garner business because if you you know make things all black or BDU or whatever, <laughs> it attracts a certain kind of person. But I think what you're actually attracting, and this would go towards, you know, what our brand represents as well is just a, a subgroup of people that are attracted to an idea. Yeah. Like when I think about a, a military athlete, I just think of something that somebody who's very capable, but isn't a show pony. That, that's, I'm not, I don't want to follow the Usain Bolt program because I'm not a fucking elite level, whatever, but it seems more uh, tangible for me to be able to connect with somebody who's just psychologically capable and goes through hardship who, you know, will never be rewarded monetarily like a elite athlete that will just get, you know, they, they live that connection to that lifestyle and that status is very similar to me. So I don't even have to be in the military to want to be like, well, exactly. I, I want to train like a military, but, and I, I like all the mantras and I like, you know, the reverence for the, you know, the constitution and the ability to protect those that I love. If, if that becomes the, the order at which people learn more about health and fitness and wellness and being, or taking care of themselves, then that's worth noting because we can change our language. So it's more appropriate for those people. I, I think we have that same, um, thing that we kind of have to talk about often, which is like, who are we speaking to? Yeah. Like for the most part, we're speaking to people that don't know, right? We're lucky if we speak to someone like yourself who knows a thing or two about a thing or two because it's 
uh, it's a faster conversation to a better place. But for the most part, when we write an article that goes off esoteric about psychological stress using physiological function, people are fucking lost. Yeah, They're lost. like, they, they can't relate to the experience because all they've experienced is a treadmill or they can't relate to the psychological stress because they've never put themselves in a place where their brain has done wacky stuff. And so we find more often than not that we have to bridge that gap. It's not, and it's not in trying to attract the biggest crowd possible. It's about trying to communicate good ideas to more people so that you can talk about more ideas. So they actually understand that they are capable of doing more than what they're currently doing. Right. It's, Otherwise we're lost in an academic hole, right? Exactly. Like, but it, also I think you get lost in like an activity hole mm -hmm. where someone yeah. identifies as, oh, I'm a, I'm, I'm just, I, I run these 5Ks or this is how I'm going to sort of manage myself or, um, and, and get stuck by choice or by accident. If it's by choice, if you're like, okay, I've, I've assessed all these different activities and I've chosen this one specific thing to focus on because uh, it, I like it and it gets me high and I want to do it and therefore I'm going to do it more. Yeah. But if, it's, if the idea is just sort of more general capability, then we have to let go of those identifiers that are, that are the activities that we do mm -hmm. in, in some way or because if I and, and maybe that's a you know one of the actual sort of genius bits about CrossFit is that it encompasses a number of different activities mm -hmm. so that you know so, so you, I mean then you get stuck with that particular identifier but but in but in um uh but but still, it's broad enough, and it's got you thinking about how to eat. It's got you thinking about yeah, I got to move some weight, but I also got to take care of my heart and lungs, and these are you know all sorts of things, and that may or may not allow me you know allow me to participate in a bunch of different stuff, and then all of a sudden I you know the the my, my eyes get a little bit wider open than than just narrowly focused on the. Yeah identity based on activity that's it's a nice umbrella right that is a really nice umbrella and that's actually one of my big foundations that i really believe in a human in the human being in general who's looking to go run a 5k go walk up a mountain go do a strength event is before i look at any of your strength numbers your aerobic numbers or anything like that it's like what is your lifestyle like what is your stress management like do you understand how to handle stress do you know how what proper sleep hygiene and sleep quality is do you know how to eat healthy and i'm going to ask you all those questions because if you can't do that, the the foundations that are as simple as possible and they're free, yeah. and you're going to go and pay for someone to program for you and do everything else, you're just going to waste your time and you're going to waste my time. And I don't want to sit there and waste your time because my time is valuable also. And I'm here to educate you and not hold your hand to point A to point B. Hmm. That, that, that right there is why... Um, to me, this the, the physiological stuff is pretty boring. To it me. is like it's very straightforward. The psychological stuff gets a little bit more interesting, right? And and then obviously the philosophical part becomes paramount. But there's something that really that you kind of touched on that keeps me attracted to using this as a as a way to teach or talk to people or communicate ideas, and that's. Um, there's different ways of communicating these to other people. I don't ever care really if anybody runs fast or, yeah. you know, hits a new PR. Like that's not what I'm concerned with in, in the past couple months, we've really developed um, an interest in, in finding different ways to get people to do things. And one of them is using game theory. And you mentioned something there that I think is kind of interesting that that guarantee or that risk assessment, yep. um, tried to kind of remove guarantees uh, because that's when people act better. It's, it's a very simple premise, it is. right? Um, but 
as the, you know, the normal trainer goes, you show up, pay me, I, you know, put you through reps and sets, and then you will get the thing. That that almost feels like a guarantee. Six pack by June. Exactly. 2020. But you see how people act when things, (laughs) you see how people act when things are guaranteed. They, they back off, they reduce their effort. Like it's almost like a. Well, there's no incentive to go harder because I've already paid the money. Right. I've already said the mantra. I'm already the person that I think that I wanted to become. And when we removed that, that simple psychological, it is a trick through and through to be like, there is no guarantee here. In fact, we're both going to risk something. And once I started risking something myself, as opposed to just being a disillusioned trainer that's pissed that nobody goes through with this stuff, like, oh, well, they just quit or they're just weak or they're just lazy or they don't want to show up or they fucking won't eat the right way. (laughs) And instead, I take it on as like, how can I take risk to show them that it's worth risking, that nothing is guaranteed, that uh, although I know what I'm talking about and I can get you somewhere, I don't know how to get you to do it yet. And to show uncertainty sometimes is the best way to actually prove certainty. That's, you nailed it in the hammer there. And there's one thing that I've always believed in and I still to this very day, and it's called, the saying I do is risk everything, regret nothing, is what I live by. Mm -hmm. I have it tattooed on my arm. It's something I learned when I was 15 years old, you know, living in a, in a place with my dad who wasn't a really a father figure. It was more of a best friend, you know, and like we all have daddy issues, <laughs> but realistically it, it was, it was one of those things where like it became ingrained in my head where it's okay to risk everything and regret nothing because you know what it's n- life is not guaranteed. So, no so, <laughs> so why would we think that this fitness program mm. or exercise or diet is going to guarantee or this diet guarantees that I will go from point A to the to this point B that I've somehow imagined exactly right and it's realistically it's not so it's like you've nailed it on the head it's like from we look at the aspect of understanding mm. guaranteed is guaranteed it's obsolete get the fuck get it rid out of, get it out of your out of your mind get it rid of get rid of it and start understanding that hey the only way you're going to reach it is if you put forth your own work I'm just here to guide you and to help and to yeah be a sounding board along the way yeah. in some way because yeah, that's and sure. I'm going to school for sports psychology right now because that's been a very uh, interesting piece that I've learned since coming into the realm of, of coaching mm-hmm. and I don't, even, I don't even consider myself like I don't even want to say coaching anymore because I've become more of this like human like consultant of like helping people not on the program but in life there's been a number of athletes who have come to me We've trained for three months and all of a sudden now they're out living life like they want to. Mm-hmm. Am I upset because one, they're like, hey, I want to put my program in hold because I'm going to go balance my life out and go travel the world and enjoy my, uh, no. You're like, no, that's exactly. That's the whole fucking idea. That's the whole idea. It took you from living in the gym for 40 hours a week when you worked 40 hours a week to now you're working 25, 30 hours a week and now you're only training 10 hours a week and now you're actually enjoying the other 30 that you had in the gym. You're now enjoying it outdoors with your friends. Mm-hmm. You're doing the shit that you love. It seems like that was the whole point in the beginning. And then <laughs> some, somewhere people kind of got lost and and uh, and stuck in, in that. In your the idea of in, the activity the that you talked about, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I think on that note, I think that's a good place to to fucking put a bookmark until next time. Till next time. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, thanks, George. Mark and Michael Keegan, thank you very much. It was a privilege to be able to jump on the podcast. We'll see you soon.